Ladies and gentlemen, Rufus Brevitz and Joseph Gordon-Levitz, welcome to World <laughs> Welcome back to episode 34 of Every Goal A Worldie with me as always. Number one Oxford fan, put that on your Twitter, Andy Roberts. <laughs> Hello, how are we doing? Uh, very, very well. It's been we, it's it's been one week, it's been a bit more than one week, it's been four weeks since we did a podcast. I am terribly sorry, everybody. Yeah, that's that's bad, that's bad form from our, from our perspective. We haven't even done the January transfer window wrap. That's no. fine, because there's... Fuck all to talk about for, for you, my, for, for me, yeah, for you. Uh, we should be ashamed of ourselves, and indeed we are. Yes, so we are. rest assured that that is the case. Uh, yeah, the January transfer window, one of the best I can remember for Reading. Yeah, very, very good. Signed five players, sixteen let moved out of the squad. That's that's insane. They were then, all terrible. Then, <laughs> then your squad was way too big. It was massive and full of really average players. Most of whom disappeared. Some of whom we got money for. Yeah, amazingly, yeah. Um, Tiago Ilori went back to Portugal for a couple of mills. Crikey! Um, your favourite man, Leandro Bacuna. Yeah, that's sad. Uh, Premier League uh, Cardiff yeah. to sit on the bench for yeah. four well, or five million. This, this is this, this is what happens. This is what happened to all of our promotion team from yeah. from um, twenty whenever the fuck that was. Although. Um, all yeah. of the arguments against right him moving, I kind of find to be fairly moot in that he was a supposedly key figure in the midfield of a team in the bottom three. Mm-hmm. So he obviously wasn't doing that well for us. Yep. Um, so, you know, whatever. In that position, I'm figuring let's make a bit of money while we can from some of those players. And plus, we had so many players. And I think the timing... I mean, it's a bit unfortunate now because he since got injured. But because Andy Renamoto was coming up, and he's clearly a really, really good young player. Uh, Bakuna wasn't getting a game anyway no. behind Rinomota, so we may as well make money for a yeah. guy that's in his late 20s and bring in a youngster instead, but Rinomota's now injured and we're fucked in midfield again, so that's great. Bonus. Uh, and then we, we, we got a couple of um, sort of more fancy Dan midfield players, so we got that guy, Lewis Baker, uh, from Leeds, who is there was a there was a really good. there was a really cheap shop in in Abingdon called Lewis Baker. Oh, was it a baker's? It, no, no, it's like a, it's like a, a kind of like a like an amenities okay. and like shop, and it's a load of random crap like bulbs. Like pre, yeah, exactly, and yeah. like all of those kind of things. But it was really cheap. Um, <laughs> and we used to go there. We used when we were fifteen. We used to get the bus into Abingdon, and we'd walk down past it over the bridge to watch Abingdon Town play at Cullum Road. Um, back in the old whatever league yeah. it was it was in the southern league i think um or, but anyway yeah and um and i remember once we went in there and we, we bought a tray of 24 um out of date lipton diet liptonice <laughs> and then we took thing. it down to Cullum road and we we wow. um sat you there drinking uh, drinking iced tea whilst we watched Abingdon play against someone like i don't know like dorking or somebody Brilliant. like that <laughs> That's yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, diet diet lipped nice. Yeah, well, yeah, it was diet. Fuck, it, it was, was a shout out to disgrace. You should be ashamed. <laughs> that such as such as the the quality of Lewis Baker. Yeah, well there you go. So he's there, Lewis Baker of Abingdon uh, Utility Shop fame. Um, and who's the other fella? Fella Ajaria, I believe Chelsea. Maybe another lonely. I mean, they've got millions. Just assume it's Chelsea if you don't know who yeah, they sure. come from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, he is a sort of Carnu esque wobbly-legged, skillful forward player. Right. You know the type I mean. Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. That sometimes do something amazing, but otherwise look like they have no control over their yeah. body. Weird. Look like they have a deck chair being unfolded yeah. permanently. I'm yeah. not I'm not a massive fan, to be perfectly no? honest. Okay. Um, I like my players that get kind of stuck in, you know? Yeah. I like them to play proper football. Don't get me wrong, I'm not one of the, you know, Radio Berkshire morons. No. But I still like... I just get, I just find myself being very nervous when you've got those players that are a bit slow on the ball. Yes, I like a player that's yeah. snappy, yeah. In, you know, snappy control, snappy passing. But you yeah, get that you kind want kind of languid. Yeah, you want you want Neil Morris, not Leo Bateman. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. There's a reference. <laughs> that's a reference for, for all of our listeners. There. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, that is the most niche mensch that we've ever yeah, had, like, I think. talking about two of our friends. <laughs> Who we play five aside with. Good. Um, right, where are we? I've lo- I'm lost. Know, know. We're talking about already loan sidings. Um, and then we've got another Chelsea. <laughs> oh, dear. Sorry, sorry. We're out, Le- we're out of practice. Here. Leo's a perfectly good footballer, so I know why I said that. Sorry. I know, it's harsh. Um, <laughs> he's a hard-working player. I mean, that's the, if we get into it, right, the, the, th- the thing about Leo is that you'd want him on your team because he's a hard-working lad. In fact, he works very, very hard. He gets he up does, and down absolutely. very well. Uh, but he might not, you know, have the have the control and technique of a of a Neil Morris or a Johnny Pike. No, absolutely. I just realised as well. I've, I've name checked two of the members of my band. There um, you go. At Rufus Original on Twitter, if you want to follow us. <laughs> this is getting um, way out of control. <laughs> way out of control. Um, <laughs> right, back on track. Yes, another Chelsea defender. Uh, Matt Miazga. Okay. Who he sounds an, like a Chelsea defender. He's an American fella. <clears throat> okay. Uh, he's really good. Okay. He good. is really like. There's a reason that well, until we got thrashed by Sheffield United, that we hadn't lost in four games, and that is because he's there winning headers. Okay. I mean, it's amazing. I've never seen the like of it. Um, he wins headers, uh, and he's in the right spot at the right time. He's a good player. Splendid. And then, of course, the big man up top, uh, who Reading have been trying to sign for the last like two of years. Course, yeah. Nelson Oliveira, yeah. the Portuguese guy who was good on Champ Three Champs ago. Okay, <laughs> he is fucking brilliant. This he? guy, and uh, he made the news like in his second game for Reading because he got stamped in the face. Oh yes, yeah, by Tyrone yeah. Mings. Yeah, that was that was fucking horrible, horrific. Yeah, an absolutely <clears throat> horrific injury uh, from Tyrone Mings, who is a genuine bastard. Yeah. It seems. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he could have avoided stamping on his face. And then in the game, because we were there at the match, and it looked like a bit of like rough and tumble, whatever, he goes down, and then Oliveira goes down holding his face, and then they call on the, the physios, and then as he stands up, we could see the blood dripping yeah. out of his face. And, oh, fucking hell, that's bad. So off he goes. And I thought not much of it. I was like, I didn't even think it was a foul at the time. And then I get I get back home and I'm looking on Twitter, and everyone's like, not Reading fans, just like general Public. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, like, that went national. Yeah, yeah every, everyone was like, oh, he's had it again. And I was like, what? And then everyone sending through the clips, he did it in the past, exactly the same yeah. thing to Zlatan Ibrahimovic yep. when, I uh, can't remember who he was playing for, but they came up against um, Man United when Ibra was there. And he did, it was like carbon copy. It was. Where he sort of pretends to be jumping over the top and then yeah. gives the yeah. good old he He absolutely, filth. he absolutely, he knew, where, he knew where the guy was. He absolutely could have moved his leg yeah. out of the way. I'm not suggesting it wasn't, what he, he, he didn't go in and go, I'm, he didn't move his leg so that he was stamping yes. on his face. Yes. But he, he deliberately, it was part of his stride pattern and he deliberately did not avoid it. Yeah. Basically. He could have just spread his legs absolutely, right. And- quite easily. But a disgusting yeah, injury, and, and horrible, and to a really like promising player that we'd only just signed like a yeah. week before. But it's almost worked out in our favour because it turned Nelson Oliveira into a hero immediately. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because apparently he was he wanted to play like four days later, <laughs> and the man's like, "You got a hole in your face, Nelson. <laughs> like you can't do that." But he did come back um, against Blackburn in the midweek game last week. And boy, did he come back, Andy. Yeah, okay. Boy, did he come back. He he produced the best moment of the season so far um, at the Medeski Stadium. And uh, we were playing a Blackburn team who are not in a great run, but they're a decent side. Um, they did not respect us, though. They didn't respect <laughs> us. They didn't play Bradley Dack or Danny Graham. Uh, and we did them. It's really fucking satisfying when that happens, isn't it? That's what Pompey yeah. did to us as well. Love it. We bloody did him, yeah. and, and we did him in glorious fashion. John Swift scored a goal just before half time. Very nice little jink inside and finish. Uh, one of our one of our friends, John, be very happy. He's a massive John Swift fan. For yeah, yeah. I, I remember the first game that I went up there with you guys yeah. and on the way back. Um, you were really laying into Swifty, <laughs> and, and John wasn't happy. You know, you know, I don't like. You know, I don't like a player that needs to be carried. No, quite. I find that very difficult to take, especially when you're not in a you know particularly great team. But anyway, Swift is playing better under Gomez, um, and he scored a lovely goal at the end of the first half. And then Blackburn came back. We gifted them a bit of a cheeky, cheeky goal in the 75th minute or something, and we thought, here we go. You know, we've done well up to this point. Now they've scored. The momentum's with them. We fucked it. But the stadium got behind the team, unlike normal, and um, 
we could see they were trying to do stuff. And then Swift, from a sort of inside right position, just inside his own half, long cross-field ball over the top, and now we've got a striker that can actually do things. Yeah, yeah. He controls the ball perfectly first time. He cuts inside, little lollipop, and then right in, right in our eye line, bends it. Far corner, past nice. the goalkeeper, absolute limbs. Lovely stuff. And then it was great. He ran back right in front of us and celebrated with his mask on. And you could tell it was one of those like iconic moments. It was like, yeah, this, this is the one where he's going to cement himself straight yeah. away as a bit yeah. of a club hero. Um, uh, but my favourite thing about that game, because it was super nervous. We haven't had a win at home forever. No. And... Um, and we absolutely filthed our way to victory in the last five, ten minutes. And I loved it. Yeah, Because sure. for once, we were the ones being <clears> bastards. <throat> mm-hmm. And we were, like, slowing the play down and feigning injury yep. and kicking yep. the ball. And the fans mm-hmm. were holding on to the ball. They had to get another one. And it was great because I was like, why, can't, on... why can't we be the bastards for once? You, you when know? you've been on the receiving end of that, for, yeah. for, for, like, having been the, the, more often than not the losing team, exactly. um, it is really frustrating and then it's nice to see it happen. Um, yeah. Although the one thing you want to make sure that doesn't happen is what happens to us is we become that team by default <laughs> all of the time as a normal process and still fucking lose. Yeah, no, you don't want that. But all in all, that was a lovely game. It was the best moment of the season, seeing Oliveira score that fantastic goal. Um, and then we went away and lost 4-0 Chef United. But, you know, we were expecting to lose that game. I've kind of written it off almost. That's, fi- that's fine. You're the only thing you don't want to do, because you've got more, more important games coming up than that, the only one you don't want to do is suddenly lose your fucking momentum. Because yes. you, yeah, you're your little yeah. resurgence, your little rejuvenation period. You don't want to... You don't want that to, to have a, a, a psychological impact. In Let's the- hope not. I mean, we, we are struggling now because there has been a few injuries, like I said, especially in the midfield. So there is a bit of a problem. Um, <laughs> if only you hadn't got rid of 27 players. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> there is a slight problem. We still have enough, but do we have the right players? Yeah. That's the thing. So uh, three, abs- it's the biggest month of the season. Uh, three absolutely massive games. Um, two of them at home. So we've got Rotherham, mm-hmm. Wigan, and Ipswich away. Now, win all those three, and I think we probably stay up. Yeah. So it's massive, these next few games coming up. And the Rotherham game, the club is is building it up as a big game. I'm hoping it's going to be a decent crowd. After we beat Blackburn, hopefully that's going to bring out a few more a few more folks. So fingers crossed, but we're in a... Um, it's a really interesting period. This time now, since the end of the January transfer, was the first time that Gomez has had a team that is a bit more his own. Yeah, He's been able to weed out some of the lazy bastards mm-hmm. and gen- general rubbish, including perhaps this week, because the Chinese transfer window is still open, we may be selling Sonny Aluko uh, to a team in China, also owned by Yongdai, the owner right. of Reading. So okay. uh, <laughs> there is something happening that will no doubt be an undisclosed fee, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, but that's good because let's get rid of those guys that aren't pulling their weight and aren't, you know, performing week in, week out. So fingers crossed that, yes, we're going to lose against the good teams, but Sheffield United and Norwich are making a job out of thrashing the teams in the bottom half of the table. Yeah. So that's just going to happen. But these three matches coming up, um, big, big opportunities. And during that period as well, I think maybe before the Wigan game or just after it, uh, we've got Leeds away, which given Leeds poor Current form, form yeah. I think is an opportunity for us to get an away, at least a point away from home as well. Sure. So massive. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you know, you're sort of massive. nicely poised. The last kind of few weeks have been, well, not broadly, they're almost entirely exclusively positive for Reading. Um, yeah, pretty much. Has been uh, the direct contrast yeah so it always seems like when one of us is up the other is down and oh boy yeah carly robs and his boys not in a good place so give us the latest well so very very quickly just talking about football-y stuff on the pitch um i was listening on the way over here i was listening to the last podcast we did about four weeks ago just to see where we were and see because because some of the things I'm going to have to talk about later, are, some of them are an extension of what we discussed last time. Okay. So I'll try not to go over the same ground. If anybody wants to have a listen back to the previous uh, podcast, to yeah. have a look at if if our Oxford fans will be well versed in all this, so, yes. so, so they, yeah. they won't need to. But um, 
The um, that was Gavin White's Willie. It was Gavin White's Willie, but there was yeah. also stuff uh, relating to the the, the 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 most recent HMRC winding oh, up God, yes. petition. Um, uh, there was some other bits and pieces in there related to the ground ownership and our previous mm-hmm. chairman and the relationship he had with the person who owns the stadium. We'll come on to all of that in a bit because okay. um, it is all directly relevant um, to what comes up later. But just very, very quickly to talk about foot, uh, on the pitch stuff. So January transfer window, um, we made um, one additional signing after the ones I spoke about last yeah. time round. Um, so in total, our signings, um, and I'm doing this off the top of my head, were Jordan Graham, who has been excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was a, that was a good piece of work. A bit of a gamble, but it seems to have paid off, um, given that he hadn't played any football for fucking however long. Yeah. Um, Ahmed Kashi, who has come on as a substitute and basically contributed little to nothing. Mm. Um, Apparently, he's there to be a kind of a leader. Who knows what's going on, whether or not he's providing that kind of role off the pitch and stuff. He might well be, who knows. Um, So uh, there's him. Then Mark Sykes, um, uh, Northern Irish young lad. He um, hasn't played yet. Um, He's... I think he's travelled, so I think he's he's travelled with them to Accrington. So Oxford are playing Accrington this evening away from home. Okay. Um, so you know, obviously, when, by the time people are listening to this, the chances are it will be after that game. So they'll, they'll be one up on me because they'll know the result. <laughs> yeah. Um, and whether or not Mark Sykes actually managed to feature that, I I made a bold prediction because I made some kind of quite some semi-successful predictions about what would happen in the January transfer window, um, and so I made another prediction which was possibly over stretching things a little bit, a little bit that, that Mark Sykes will never play for Oxford United. Mm. And that's on the working on the basis that he keeps picking up these little injuries that lead me to believe that maybe he's not quite ready yet. And they're right. just kind of protecting him a little bit. Um, um, because he was brought in as one for the future kind of thing. Um, and But the trouble is they brought another one for the future in at the end of the January transfer window, which I'll talk to, talk to you about in a minute. And and so a part of me thinks there's some games going on there. And actually what's going to happen is we're going to see him get back to fitness. He probably won't feature for a couple of games and then they'll shunt him out on low. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, 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 might, I, might be, I might be being overly cynical then. He'll probably come on and score three goals tonight. So, <laughs> so, you know. you're, you're only saying this now to try and dent that. Yeah, if, I, basically, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I made that. I made a bold prediction. I'm, I'm winding back on that prediction now. I think it was probably a little bit rash. But anyway, so Mark Sykes... Um, but, you know, again, he was flagged as one for the future rather than somebody to deal with our issues that we've got going on. Um, and then basically nothing happened um, for a very long time. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I'm forgetting anybody. Um, and then we have, um, then we signed uh, Jerome Sinclair, uh, a 24-year-old striker from Watford on loan. So Generically named striker. Yeah, so he is on loan from Watford. He has played very few games, scored very few goals. Is he a youngster? He's 24, so no, yeah, not really. Not really. No, and he hasn't played very much football because he's been out on loan. He's been out on loan and and you know played games here and there. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it, it's good in one respect. We're giving this lad an opportunity because he's straight in and playing football yeah, matches. Sure. So he's alternating a little bit with Jamie Mackey about who's starting. Um. Uh. But he. He's not had a chance really to kind of settle in or have an impact. He looks like a pretty smart player. Yeah. He does look yeah. like a pretty smart player, but um, it's difficult to tell how much he 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 um, contributed. I think he set up the goal. I didn't go to the Sunderland game. Um, I think he set up the, the goal in the Sunderland game, okay. which by, by all accounts, by the way, apparently was fucking amazing. Oh, um, really? Yeah, it was. They, they, the club done a really big uh, job of, like a really great job, actually. They did really, really well to, to get a really big crowd going there because they knew Sunderland were going to be bringing a couple of thousand. Yeah. So why not see if we can get as many Oxford fans as we can to really get the atmosphere going? Yeah. Totally. Um, and they got they got over ten thousand. I'm not sure what the nice. final attendance was, but but they got really really big attendance there for that. Um, and um, rewarded apparently by by one of our, our best performances in a really long time. Um, we were actually a goal down for most of the game. Yeah. Um, but we then um, equalised in the 88th minute or something like that and I think um, Jerome Sinclair set up the goal oh, off the bench nice. so okay. he yep. so he made a country he had a contribution um, and it was a really really good performance so there's lots of positives and stuff going on there the problem with that was and I was actually just looking at the, the results um, since we were last on which was four weeks ago we've mm-hmm. not won a game our yes. last our last victory was the Portsmouth game, which I mentioned earlier. Yeah, and we have drawn. We drew. Uh, we lost in the Checker Trade Trophy. Yes, <laughs> um, immediately after the Portsmouth game, um, 
probably got absolutely fucking tanked by the way mm. by like a team in the in the second in, in the oh, league yes, two as yeah. well and we had our first team out mm. um which is pretty pretty poor um and there was some bullshit with carl robinson after that when he started talking about them right, talking about okay, the players okay, not okay, about we yes, as a good yeah, club which yeah, is yeah. fucking dog shit yeah um um <laughs> But then, anyway, so that that all happened. But then we drew drew, drew a whole load of games, um, and uh, and then Peterborough, who we are their bogey team. They yes. never ever beat us. They never beat us until now. Until now, um, and it was a fucking appalling performance, absolutely diabolical. And um, I've been crit- critical of Carl Robinson um, over the season, where he's he's made points after a game where saying I'm not coaching them to make mistakes. When they go and make those mistakes, I'm not coaching them to do that. And I'm saying, and my point has been, well, no, no, Carl, but they keep making those mistakes, and your your job yeah. is to coach the mistakes out of them or to find ways to back up yes. to stop those yeah, mistakes yeah, yeah. being so costly and and set the team up in that respect. But I'm gonna I'm on I'm I'm, I'm gonna back him up on this one. Uh, the single goal that we conceded in that game, there's nothing he could have done about it because it, the, the players utterly switched off. For a free kick, um, and they left Ivan Tony, and we talk, we talked yeah, about we Ivan Tony about him, the yeah. start of the season. They left him fucking completely unmarked in the penalty area for a free kick, mm. and and that is no manager can legislate for that. And that that honestly, I was fucking furious with with all of them for that. It was but, utterly it, but again, awful. that doesn't that come down to coaching? I mean. Well, there's no, there's no way he's going to have coached them to to no, leave I, the, no, the, reali- one of one of the most expensive strikers in the division unmarked. No, in the I do realise that. I do realise that. But isn't isn't the result of all of the coaching what you see on the field? You know, the reason that players turn off is because mm. they're not focused enough. They don't know their jobs well enough. Like, yeah, no, I, I know. No, I, I no, you know what I, I mean. I, I do know what you're saying. I don't. I don't think that applied there. Having mm, watched that, I mean, yeah. and, and I and, and, and I am super critical of Carl Robinson. Sure. Um, you know, I, I I'm not going to shy away from that. Um, in that instance, like that was we we had a fairly bad game. Yeah, but that was that was even sub par for that for that game. That yeah. was just a moment of idiocy from a whole bunch. The of The problem is, I do think. I do think that it that it does come down to the to the individual player to a certain extent, and that that is one of the key factors in a player being a very good player or just a good professional mm-hmm. football player. Because the higher you go up the leagues, the less you see those individual yeah, yeah, errors, right? Absolutely. And that's all it is, and that's yeah. why you know some of these players will never make it no. up to that level because they can't. It's a bit like it's a bit like golfers, right? I used to know this guy who was a professional PGA Tour golfer, and he said. I was really good. I was as good as any of those other guys that you've heard of, but I couldn't play three rounds in a row at that level. I could play one or I could do two. And he said the only difference between, um, you know, your Ernie Els and me is that he could do it week after week, three days in a row, every week. And I think that's probably the same with footballers. You have players that have great games every now and again and they're on it. And then, you know, the likes of the players that you see in League Two, League One and, and still in the Championship... They just can't put it together for ninety minutes every week. No, you're absolutely right. Um, to go back to just briefly on your point about Carl Robinson, and, and, and so the one thing I will say um, to agree with you is that uh, a high-performing, quality, well-drilled football team don't make those mistakes mm-hmm. ever, yeah. even at yeah. our level, because yeah. because it, that, honestly, that was so basic. It was fucking. It was embarrassing to yeah, a point. Um, but um, but anyway. All of that, all of that aside, so that's kind of the stuff that's on the pitch, um, and it's been, it's been bad. So uh, before, before, unfortunately, before the Peterborough game, because we'd had the good performance against Sunderland, and because we'd gone on an unbeaten run, yeah. Um, if you take out the Checker Trade Trophy, which is totally fair, um, mm-hmm. we'd gone on an unbeaten run, similar to our unbeaten run just before Christmas, where we'd gone unbeaten for a long time, but picked up no fucking points. Yes. Um, and I'll bang on about it. Is we keep we keep doing this thing whereby we we keep the wolves from the door a little bit by we come in with the odd result like the Portsmouth result. Yeah. Out of the blue, when the pressure's starting to build, the odd little result here or the odd little run where we we haven't been beaten but haven't picked up very many points to to stop people thinking shit. This guy's got to go. Yeah. But never ever getting us out of relegation. Yeah. Danger. Meanwhile, you're sinking 
towards the relegation zone and the gaps are building up. Luckily, in League One, there is a big chunk of very poor teams. Everybody's so. shit in League One, even the people yeah. at the top end. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bad division this year. Mm. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so all of that aside, so that's all the football Five, five teams on 33 points? Something or like something? That, yeah. Jeez. Um, but... So when we've got a bunch, we've got a bunch of uh, so we played a lot of difficult like, teams recently. We've got a lot of uh, relatively winnable, easier, easier games coming up. So um, hopefully we can turn that around. But you know that's not been the story of our season whatsoever. So I've seen nothing in in the the two thirds of a season or whatever we've played so far to see that there's anything anything is going to change. Um, it's a shame because you know you know the brown white Mackey kind of like forward combo. It's been working very well. Well, no, it, no, it worked pretty well for a short period of time. But they were playing good football. Yeah, I think but, but, that, but thing, that's, yeah, like, you can play good football and lose five nil every week. Well, this is um, true, but I guess this is your point, right? It's the flattering to deceive kind yeah, of. Yeah, it is. It's the, it's the wild inconsistency. But it seems to me like the players are of a higher quality than the performances are showing. And, is basically and, and, my point. And this is and this is the and this is the, an, an interesting point that somebody made on Twitter afterwards. They are, they raised the question. Because we've all said this, the, the quality of the players that we have on display are far too fucking good for where we are yeah. in the division. So why, why are we lack? Why don't? Why aren't we consistent? Why do we have good little f- spells and then lose stupid games and lose mm. two and three in a row that you would expect us to win? Why are we doing that? Why are we just failing to win games for seven games in a row? What what's going on? And the only thing when you've got that level of quality on the pitch the only thing you can point at from that point onwards is the manager and, and the, the coaches coaching, yeah. Yeah. and the coaching and and that's that because there's literally no other factor yes yeah i mean the only other yeah. factor is the support and the crowd but you know i mean they, they the support and the crowd have a, have a part to play but and that's it's, and it's decent enough most uh, most, most of the time yeah, yeah. to be fair the, it gets peter in we'll come on to this the peterborough <laughs> there, there was a whole other load of shit going on oh, but right, it yeah. was flat at peterborough against peterborough but but broadly speaking like yeah. it it's generally pretty good um but even that but you cannot you cannot because we've we've had seasons when the crowd's been really flat and stuff, and actually done okay. Yeah, like you know, we yeah. were we were tenth in the league, and the the, the, the were under Pep Clotet, and the crowd were actively booing the team. <laughs> yeah. So you know, so you, you can't say that those. If that was the case, then you know the teams with the loudest crowds, Crystal yeah, Palace, true. would win yeah, all true. the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just not how it works. Um, so um, yeah, so so the only other thing you can point at is the manager and the coaches. And that's it's literally the only other factor. They are not setting those players up in a way that is is enabling them to win football matches. But it doesn't seem like the pressure is particularly heavy on Carl Robbins. Well, it's not, and, and this is part of the problem. Is our chairman, and and I will, I'm going to move. I'll move on to him a little bit later on. But our chairman has his is, is backed him, like in a proper way, not in a you know the dreaded vote of <laughs> yes, confidence. Yeah, yeah. Um, partly, and there's lots of talk about. You know, is this because because Carl Robinson is the man he appointed, and he made a big point about he was going to bring a great person in to do a great job. Um, um, so he so he's supportive of him in, in that respect. He also, um, I, I I genuinely think he's naive about the danger we're in. There he there was an interview that he did uh, a couple of weeks back uh, on the radio after one of our recent winding up orders. Uh, no, it wasn't. No, no, I'm fair. No, that's unfair. Because they're doing this little five minutes fans forum on a Thursday on BBC Radio Oxford, where somebody yes, from the okay. club comes on and, and asks, answers some questions for five minutes. And somebody asked um, a question and Tiger came on. Somebody asked a question. Um, what happens if we go down? Yeah. What, what's the plan if we go down? And he said, we, 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 we aren't going down. Um, we will, uh, we, we've, we've, strengthened too well in January we've got some great players in we've got a great manager we're going to grow on and do great and it's honestly <laughs> like and I'm sat there thinking oh, okay we've dear. got we've got two extra attacking options um mm. and so our bench looks a little bit less shit now yeah um but so 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 that but that's all we've got that's this, this we our January transfer window was not this resounding fucking success. Yeah. It genuinely wasn't. Yeah. We've got one Jordan Graham, well great, but he's he's replaced Billy Haircut. Yeah. So that's that's just one out, one in. So yeah. that's not an extra pair of legs. Uh, we've got one new striker. That's literally it. That's literally all we've done that's so far contributing to the team. Mark Sykes might come along. 
I'm not even going to bother mentioning John T. Smith because he's a long-term future experiment. We'll talk about him another time. Yeah, we've got too much to talk about. Yeah. Um, so, so he genuinely, he genuinely thinks we're not going to go down. And if that's just his PR spin, and actually in the background he's working hard on contingency plans sure. and all kinds of things, fine. But you do not get the sense from this guy that he has. He's even contemplating that kind of thing. Mm. He is. He's. He appears to be optimistic to the point of blind naivety in 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 the respect of in in the way he seems to go about approaching a lot of this stuff. Um, and this is when we actually get to hear from him at all because it's, it's, it's really... he's usually too busy forgetting to pay his taxes. Well, quite to come on the radio. Um, <clears throat> so, so I mean that's that's just a, a a little bit of an aside because about about the fact that the pre- Carl Robinson's going nowhere. He is not going to be sat. The it's it's feasible that with a month to go, if we are three points, five six points adrift, we, he might get sacked. Yeah, and we get you know like a you know a fixer in to do a job to the end of the season. But I I just don't I just don't get the sense that that's going to happen. Mm. Um, what's going to happen is we're going to tread water just in and around the edge of the play, the the um the relegation zone for the rest of the season. Um, we'll bounce out of it for a couple of games but on goal difference because that's all we've ever done this season. Yeah. And then we'll drop back into it And then it you're again. only one big loss away from all of a sudden being <clears> in a big old, and, and so, big so, old mess. But we will, we will be bouncing around until the point where there's absolutely no point sacking the manager anyway. Um, and and so, so he is not going to get, he's what, not going to get sacked. <laughs> but what good is he? What, what good has he brought so far? Carl Robinson. Is there anything to hang on to? From, the, from what he's so so his 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 his, his positive in terms of his kind of his positive contributions as a football manager, um, he's made a couple of okay of decent signings, but on the whole, his transfer activity has been fucking dog shit. Yeah. To be fair, he may he may be hampered by the the financials. We don't really know. I think I think we've got a, we've got somebody who's not very good at recruitment, yeah. and we've got um, a club with no fucking money. Yeah. Um, and which is a f- dreadful combination. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So I, so I think I think there's people tend to blame one or the other. I'm blaming both. I'm blaming the manager and the chairman on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 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 so. But he has made a couple of people. He, but like I say, his probably his best signing has been Jordan Graham, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and 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 he was something who was known to the club previously. Yeah. He's probably yeah, yeah, Derek totally. Fazakali's signing, not yeah. not fucking Carl Robinson's. Um, so um, yeah, the, the 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 best thing you can say about is is football is is when we're on our best, when we're playing our best football, we have this incredible work ethic. Like really, really high tempo, high press. Um, you makes it really difficult for the opposition to play football. We yeah. win the ball back really, really quickly, and then we've got the players. When you've got that, you've robbed the players. Their defenders are a little bit out of position. We have got the quality to utterly destroy teams at the back. We really do. Yeah. Um, so on on a, on on a good day, when his his football teams <clears throat> are firing well. We look incredible. Yeah, we look really, really good. So that is the the, the positive side of Carl Robinson's football. And we, you know, we've mentioned, I've mentioned that a few times yeah. over the course yeah, of the yeah, season. Sure. Um, it was there in abundance against Portsmouth. Um, I understand it was there against Sunderland as well. Um, so, so that that's the positive that he's brought. Yeah, the single. Okay. I, I honestly can't think of any other. Positive. I won't push you any further. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's get onto the well, right. Let's get off the field and onto the club. right. So there's two there's two major issues going on. They're semi-linked. So the first thing is um, before the Peter game. Um, so we've got by, by in the back of the the, the Oxford Mail stand, the East stand, um, the the uh, the Oxford United Ultras who were initially a bunch of teenagers. They've all got a bit old now, um, yeah. and they're actually they come on to this but they were hanging their hats up at the end of the season partly because oh everybody's made our lives so bloody difficult our oh, woe is us playing the victim card yeah, yeah. um but also actually i think they've just got to the point where they're they're a bit too old for all that shit now yeah um so they um but so they put all these banners up on the back of the on the back of the stand and and to their credit it looks great yeah. it looks shit without them yes uh, it yeah, really yeah. looks shit without them and, and it does look great and it adds a bit of color to a really fucking awful stadium mm. um they work they have worked over the 10 years they've been doing it they've worked really 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 hard and they've put a lot of time effort energy and money into 
um, trying to improve the atmosphere, doing all these flag things and yeah. stuff like that, all yeah. these like displays um, and singing lots of songs and things like that, and in just in doing lots to improve the atmosphere. Um, and so a lot of the work they've done has been very, very positive for the club. There is a big but here, and I'm going to try and be careful about what I say here, and I'm not going to go to too much detail about this because a lot of this is just my just general opinion. Okay. And also, actually, the last thing Oxford United need is division amongst the fan sure, base yes, at the moment. Yeah. But um, I, I believe that over the course of time, they started believing the own, their own hype a little bit. And they are quite a small group of lads. Um, and, I, and I genuinely think that they... They believed they were they were more important to the football club than they than they actually right. are. Okay. Um, yeah. And this is evidenced by a thing back a season or so ago, when one of their their number was waving flags during play, and it was in the way he was like three or four rows in, yeah, like down okay. from the back, and he was yeah. basically it was basically in the way of people. He got told to stop waving the flag during play by a steward. And they had this fucking almighty hissy fit, took their right, flags down okay, and okay, didn't come okay. for like like two months. And <laughs> and then all this and then they 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 the club came out in support of the um the decision to ask them to stop waving their flags. And then there was this almighty kind of actually funny enough, a lot of a lot of the anger in 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 um hatred that, that that then suddenly came out about our former chairman yeah most successful chairman in 25 years of oxford united um uh they a lot of the anger and hatred actually stemmed from that moment oh, and i genuinely right. i genuinely think from that moment a lot of the animosity towards darrell yeah. eels is yeah. all built up from but darrell eels was not a perfect man no, chairman sure. in any way shape or form um but a lot of it it's kind of stemmed from that because because they're quite influential these lads because they they are the you know the hardcore everyone loves the yes, hardcore right yeah. and they believe their own hype in that and so when they when they felt hard done by they made a big point of it and lots of people listened okay. right so so they um but then they came back and they, so they, after they had that moment and they came back and then they were doing all of their stuff again and you know lots of really good stuff and yeah singing lots of songs and, and, you know, getting the banners up and adding a bit of flavour and a bit of sure. atmosphere and stuff to, to the club. Um, we've also had this issue, which we've mentioned recently, about the fact that there's inconsistency about when the club is allowed to get into the stadium. Yes. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Kassan won't let the club into the stadium until midday. Yeah. Um, the security guys are allowed in there from, from 10.30. Those lads have been allowed in. In fact, they were asked to go in early... And they were allowed to go in when nobody else was allowed in the stadium huh. to go and put the flags up so they'd have time to put the pla flags up and still have time to go to the pub and get a few drinks in before the game, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Um, and then on Saturday at the Peterborough game, um, they turned up 10.30, 10, 10.30, told they weren't allowed in. Um, oh. And they the toys went straight out of the pram, pram again. They were all over uh, um, Twitter saying, we've been told we're not allowed to put our, our flags up. Um, they're... The story they were telling was inconsistent across all the various okay. different people. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're retelling the story was just inconsistent, and everyone's going, "Oh, the fucking club's disaster!" Because the club is a bit of a fucking disaster at the moment. Sure, and so it's easy to believe the club had done something stupid, yeah. particularly as these guys had done a protest against the chairman a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I see. And, and, okay. and they and they believe, and I, I can see why they they believed this. They they believed that that. Effectively, they were being frozen. Yeah, this was out a bit of the, tit for tat. Yeah, basically. they were being frozen yeah. out of the ground because they'd done that that protest. I can yeah. understand why they made that decision. Why why they they jumped to that conclusion. Um, but I was also the mind that look, come on, we know what the stadium company are like. Um, there's a pretty fucking high chance the stadium company have just decided to be assholes about it. Yeah. Um, but they 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 lost their shit. Um, and then they they got a bit stroppy about it. Um, subsequently. Chap called Ian Mixter, who is the safety, the head of safety or whatever okay. his job title is at Oxford United, um, has handed in his resignation. He's handed his resignation citing um, abuse that he's received on an individual level 
from elements of that group. Jesus. Um, and threats against his fucking family. Jesus. Threats against his fucking family. Right, this is a guy who works for the football club. Yeah. Right? Now, whatever they think about the about how he's gone about it, whether or not they agree with the processes and stuff that he's yeah. put into place, that's fucking irrelevant. It's utterly fucking irrelevant. You cannot behave like that to a yeah, person absolutely. who's doing their job. Right? That person is... That guy is responsible... For up to ten thousand, the safety yeah. of yeah, ten thousand yeah. people, right? And he has done a few things. So under under his kind of time, there's a few things that have gone a little bit wrong. The Man City game wasn't handled very well. A little bit some pieces like that 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 weren't. But you know what? Hands up, who's ever fucking made a mistake in their yeah, job? Absolutely, right? Yeah, absolutely. But this but this guy has is like a ludicrously difficult job. He's got to look after the safety of ten thousand people. Probably two thousand, one or two thousand of those are probably pretty fucking drunk. Yeah. At least two hundred of them want to fight each other. Yeah. And all the time you've got like families and kids and stuff in there. Mm. He, that guy has an awful lot of responsibilities. Yeah, he's there as well. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to look after him. Yeah, exactly. Um, and 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 so, as fucking grown adults as those guys are. Their responsibility, they have to play by the fucking same rules as everybody else. And I don't care how important people think they are or how, how, what a positive contribution that they have made to our football club, which they have. Yeah. They absolutely yeah. have. I don't care how big that contribution is. You cannot no, you make threats about to an individual's family who's just, just doing his fucking job, mm. no matter what you think about how good or bad he's doing at his job. And it's utterly, utterly unacceptable. Yeah, that's poor form, um, To it? be fair, it, to be fair, and, you know, we always say this about football idiots... It's a minority. It might be one or two of them in the, out of a group of 50. Sure, sure. One or two yeah. idiots out of yeah. a group of 50, and, and the rest of them might be as annoyed about all of that as the rest of yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. nevertheless, it still happened. Yeah, totally. It still happened. And and, <clears throat> and it's really frustrating. And so so they've now actually just... They, they've also now just decided they're, gonna, they're calling it a day. And it's a massive shame because what they actually did in isolation, the stuff they were doing for the club was really good. Mm. It got everybody, it created a great atmosphere. It was really positive. But there was also, there was always this divisive element that they brought to the football club. There was always this kind of combative nature between them and the club. Mm. And it was always, there was, there was always an, an element of tension that came along with that. And that, that football fans do that because, because quite a lot of football fans are idiots. Yeah. Um, and, and unfortunately, a couple of them, not, I'm not saying it's all of them, but a, bunch, a few of those guys are idiots. And unfortunately, they have ruined it for them, their mates and they've ruined it for everybody else. Yeah. Which is really, really fucking annoying. Yeah. And so, and, and, I, and I don't, and I don't want to, I don't want to be kind of like overly vocal or angry about that kind of thing. But it's, 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 it's when people who are, and people are allowed to have their opinions and things like that. But, it's it's when that it's the fact that people think you know because you can hurl abuse at a referee yeah and a football player you can hurl abuse at them that seems to be accepted that mm -hmm. they think that suddenly they can start hurling abuse at a person who also works for the club which you can't yeah. you just can't yeah so anyway that's my rant over that yeah. then um yeah. that all all happened and that was being announced at exactly the same time exactly the same time it came out that. Um, Firos Kassam, uh, our, the, 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 chair, the former chairman and the landlord, mm -hmm. um, his company has issued its own uh, winding up petition against Oxford United um, against an unpaid previously disputed service charge and right. we talked we okay. talked about yeah. we spoke yeah. about this previously, yeah. previously an arbitration process they went through um, he um, so that they came to an agreement as part of this arbitration process. Eventually, I think basically the club backed down and said, "Fuck it, we'll fine, we'll pay it." Yeah. Um, and the club have said informally to the press that there was a um, an informal, um, sorry, no, not informal, that they kind of agreed in principle mm -hmm. to pay the um, to pay the money. But Firas Kassam obviously believes that agreement in principle was a hard and fast. We're getting, I'm, I'm getting right. my money now. So he has his company has um, issued a, a winding up petition, which will now be heard in court unless we pay it up beforehand. Yeah. So far, with all of our winding up petitions, we have paid them up beforehand. Um, so 
who knows, presumably this will happen. This is one of the, 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 cl- the expenses the club was expecting to have to pay. Um, and, but the trouble is the, the club has not actually come out and made any announcement on this. It, it, it seems it, like they need a fucking <clears throat> CFO that knows what he's doing, is what it seems well, like. Well, yeah, absolutely. In, 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 because in, you can't keep having this shit. It can't, there, there must be something that's, that's, that's fundamentally wrong in the running of the club to keep, for this to keep happening. I mean, interestingly, one of the questions that was put to him, I think it might have been Jerome Sayre at Radio Oxford, um, put this question to, to Sumrit Tanagan Jalasut. When he, after the Very last, good. thank you, after the last um, winding up peti- p- petition, um, he he said, I think it was, he said like, should there not just be like a fund in in the UK that is available for this kind of thing? So yeah. if it needs to happen, because they had problems getting money into the country because of the delays and stuff right. like that. Um Should there not just be a fund sat inside the country to do that? And in, in Ty said, no, we don't need that. And, and 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 that might have helped with this kind of thing. Yes. Um. It's it's the, the one of the issues here is is that that, that Tiger doesn't he's not cash rich okay he's got successful businesses but he's not cash rich um and he said right from the start his plan was to encourage investment using the famous name of oxford yeah. to encourage investment in and that's how he was going to fund yeah, all of sure. this um and so finding money to pay these things is probably actually probably quite difficult mm. um we've got some wealthy um we've got some wealthy people on the board um, in fact, including this guy called Eric Thor here, who was a, I always forget, one of the Inter Milan or something like that. Okay. So he, no, he wasn't Inter. What I about your, what was. about your mate Charlie Meth then? Well, he's, he's Sunderland. Where's he these days? He's at Sunderland. Didn't somebody have a photo of him? Yeah, yeah, because he came for the Sunderland. Game. Oh, he came down for the Sunderland. Yeah, game. he, yeah, no, he, yeah, he's. Where is he now? He's at Sunderland, giving them. He no, no he's giving quite, them no money. Yeah, no, he, no, Charlie <laughs> Methven is. He basically owns Sunderland. He is part of the consortium that runs right. Sunderland. So, um, yeah. So, um, so no, so no, there is nobody giving money to the club. Mm. Um, we've got, we've got, expect, we've got wealthy people on the board, but these wealthy people, again, I think they're p- people similar to Tiger. They're, they're not cash rich. They're people yeah. with successful businesses. Businesses that want to get a I bit have, of football going that on. Have tied turnovers. So mm. these not people who you know they're, they're people who are worth a lot of money. But that's when you take into consideration their properties or yes. the values of their yeah, businesses. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not cash in the bank. You need um, to be liquid to yeah. to run a football club. Really. So so I think that's the situation we're in at the moment. And and. Unfortunately, as you say, we need a we need a CFO. Mm. Um, we don't have anything like that. We have a guy called Neil McWilliams, who's our who's our uh, chief executive. Yeah. Um, who, to, for all I know, is doing a fine job of the day to day running of the football club. Yeah. Um, but he's effectively being the person who's having to deal with all the shit like this, and being the kind of interim between Tiger, who lives over in Thailand. Yeah. Um, and. It must the, be very fucking. Yeah, the guy and the guy knows football. He knows football really well, but he's a he's a former head teacher, you know, yeah, and like, he was yeah. a very successful head teacher apparently. But but like, there is there is a significant lack of coherent structure yeah. to the organisation of Oxford United Football Club as a football club as a business. Um, mm. It is honestly. It seems like a complete fucking mess, mm. and unfortunately, there's also no coherent PR going on either we've got uh, uh, a well that's the other thing if the club's being run badly you could always have good marketing um, to like make it look better than it really is and we don't uh, we have we have an, an, an excellent um, SLO supporters uh, liaison officer um, uh, I'm not 100% sure her name's Kath I'm not 100% sure what her um, employment status is with the football club but right. she also runs a business okay. you know in her private life so yeah, she yeah, yeah. you know she has her own job Um so, so she works really hard, but you know, there's a limit to what she's able to do, and indeed, there's a serious limit to what her remit actually yeah, is. Yeah. Um, we've got um, a communications company um, uh, run, called On the Ball Media, Off the Ball Media, run by a chap called Chris Williams, who has been the press guy and communications guy for God knows how long at Oxford United, but he now does it as kind of a contractor. Um, um, 
who, again, his remit only stretches so far. What you actually need is a permanently employed person who is in charge of PR and marketing, yeah. who sits within the organisation, not not communications, who's there for match day communications and, and press releases and announcing signings and stuff. Somebody who is there, who who is whose entire job is the, the PR and marketing for the organisation. We do not have that. Um, so that's why all of our fans are always crying about the kind of the you know the lack of communications or yeah. the lack of like fan engagement. Yes. Um, the because we just don't we don't have that in a coordinated fashion. We've got bits of it patched up, and I think that is indicative of how the hey, all. Co- aren't you really good at that? Um, I. <laughs> It is my it is my it is my profession. I would I would rather die than work directly for the football club that I support. Uh, and I and I know guys like Chris Williams is a great example of it. He supports yeah. Oxford United, um, and he's been through the ringer um, mm. working for Oxford United. Um, there's a lovely chap called Martin Bradetsky, um, who's her program editor um, mm-hmm. and is also the official historian and stuff. Okay. Honestly, one of the nicest guys you're ever going to meet. And Chris Williams is a really great guy as well. But like Martin's one of the nicest guys you're ever going to meet. Um, but he now, he, he, uh, and he's really proud and happy to work for the club. But also the pressure that's on those guys yeah. um, is is almost impossible. I, I couldn't yeah. deal with it. No. And they are currently having to deal and live and work in an almost fucking impossible kind of yeah. Um, scenario. So, so the yeah. So I can mm. I can do that. A but one there isn't, and I would do a fucking brilliant job at it. <laughs> of but, course. But one there isn't a, a, a position available for me to apply for. And right. B it would be the last job on earth I would ever apply for. <laughs> I'd love to see you there. But, I think but it'd on, be great. But honestly, I genuinely and I don't, I'm not understating this at the moment. This this is partly because the way the club, the, partly because the way the fans, including myself, are reacting to this and starting in like I was earlier, like fucking having a go at each other. Yeah, which I shouldn't be doing. Yeah, and I kind of apologise for that because I don't want to be doing that kind of thing. Um, but like, we're all fighting against each other. We're all, ang- and, and we should I, should. I should be fucking. I should be on their side, and they should be on my side. We should all be there fighting against what is an absolute shambles of a football club being run at the moment. Mm. And and it might just be. The outside perception is a kind of accumulation of lots of little things that actually are making things look worse than they are. Yeah. And again, that's when you need the PR and marketing to, to try and tie these things together. But there's voids of information all over the place. Mm. It is an absolute fucking shambles at the moment. It is an absolute shambles. That's a, that's a very uh, an excellent uh, end there. It, it, there must it, Look, come on. The season is not over yet. You survive the season. You get another one to go again. I'm waiting till I get paid. Yeah, and I'm going to put a large amount of money on us getting relegated. Oh come on now! It's come on now! It's happening. We haven't got there, surely. We are going to get relegated. Oh, Cast iron guarantee. We will get relegated. I will. I will bake you a pie <laughs> if we don't. <laughs> Make me a party. Well, I'll take that offer. Uh, that sounds good. Right, well, that brings us to the end of another... Jesus Christ, that's a downer. Sorry, that, sorry. that's a massive downer. Oh, God. Right, Fuck. well, that brings us uh, to the end of, of another episode. Fucking hell, Andy. Next week, or whenever we get back... I'm going to get fucking lynched as well. I know, you're going to get in a big trouble for that. <laughs> I, he does not represent my views. <laughs> I, I think Oxford United is a fine club, and 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 will remain in the league and and go onwards and upwards in the future. Christ, well maybe. Right. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, Andy needs a stiff drink. Yep. Uh, and we will see you next time on Worldie. <laughs>